Hey, Pittsburgh, City of Bridges, City of Champions, The Steel City, City of Creators. There are some incredibly creative people around our city, and we're here to meet them, learn what they do, and how they create. I'm Alan Fear, and this is the Pittsburgh Creators Podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, This is Alan Fear. I'm your host for the Pittsburgh Creators Podcast. I'm here this evening with a very special guest. Uh, We are together with Shana Simmons of Shana Simmons Dance. Good evening. How are you doing? Hey, happy to be here. So um, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself for our listeners who might not be familiar? Sure. So uh, my name is Shana Simmons, and I am a Pittsburgh-born individual. Uh, I grew up here in the North Hills, and my mom was a dancer here in the Pittsburgh scene uh, while I was young, and I didn't start training until I was 18. Um, I did do like some minor dance things here and there, but it was more like, nope, I'm going to flit around and do whatever I want to do. So when I was 18, I decided, hey, I really like this, and I want to be a dancer. Um, So I transferred to Point Park, which is also in Pittsburgh. It's one of the top 10 dance universities in the country. Um, I graduated from there with my BA in dance, and then I moved to New York City. I lived there for four and a half years. I did, you know, some different projects with different choreographers up there, um, as well as taught for the National Dance Institute, which is really an amazing educational program uh, founded by Jacques Dembois. And then uh, after that, I decided to move to London, and I uh, got a master's in choreography from uh, the Trinity Laban Conservatory. So yeah, it was a really eye-opening experience. And um, then after my two-year stint there, while I was like still performing and choreographing, getting my master's, I moved back to Pittsburgh. So I've been here for, since 2010. I decided to start doing my own projects here uh, and so founded Shana Simmons Dance, uh, which is kind of an umbrella term for both um, productions that we produce uh, for our own choreographic purposes. Uh, we do a lot of different educational outreach in the community, as well as um, we collaborate a lot with a multitude of different artists. So um, we've been doing productions here since 2012, and they tend to range from a wide variety of topics. Our first production was called Relative Positions, and that was actually a building takeover where we um, commissioned uh, 12 artists and then actually incorporated in the event were about 25 artists, all multidisciplinary um, and different rooms. And then um, the next production we did was at the National Aviary, had to do with environmental concerns, um, and we've done a bunch of things since then. So we always tend to do something that's related to some sort of community concern, and we express it through dance and movement. And I find it interesting that you were in so many places in the world and you came back to Pittsburgh. Was there something specific about Pittsburgh other than it being your your home that kind of brought you back here? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked that before. I It's really cheesy, but there was a documentary that like went around from, I believe, KDKA, uh, like it was on YouTube, it was a video documentary about the Steelers uh, back in like 2006 or seven. And, you know, it was living away for a many, like eight, eight, nine years. 
Um, and I had to explain myself a lot of the times and a little bit of that Pittsburgh pride that I feel to a lot of people, people from New York City, especially my London friends had never been even to the USA. So trying to explain to them what that country is, let alone this weird city of Pittsburgh. So I, I rooted myself in, there was a line in that documentary that where one of the, you know, people they were interviewing said, I think it's the next generation that's going to come back to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh has this not transient nature, but because of the seventies and the steel industry, everyone moved away. So it kind of centered on that and how the steelers were so pinnacle for the city. And that resonated with me because I had moved away and then I just was inspired to move back and do something good (laughs) for the community. So I think that's really uh, where my inspiration to move back and then potentially stay came from. So when you, when you moved back to Pittsburgh, um, was it something that you had pre-planned like, okay, this is kind of where I would like to go as a, as an artist or a creator? Yeah, I yes and no. I mean, I definitely have huge resources in this community because of my mom's history here. And I basically grew up in the dance scene, the professional dance scene, not as a dancer, but just as this bebopping child coloring in the side of the room uh, in you know the 80s and 90s. So you know, there's a lot of people to my cousin, Richard Parsakian, a lot of people that have been here for decades that, you know, know this community and, you know, have come back, left or come back or stayed here and they've supported me in huge ways. Um, But that being said, I am new to the nonprofit world. We just got our new nonprofit status in 2017. Um, So all those things, you know, trying to establish yourself as an artist, I think is still, uh, new territory for anyone trying to do it. Um, so yeah, when I moved back, it wasn't like I knew exactly what I was doing. It was just more so, Hey, I guess I'll apply for this funding and let's see what happens. Yeah. And building an organization is a totally different ballgame versus trying to be an artist. And, you know, just a few conversations with some, some different creatives in the area. Um, it's funny how sometimes we overlook the business side of it is an act of creation as well, you know, and being able to share that and, and go through the funding process and getting the 501c3 or, you know, whatever the, the, the tax status is, or, you know, putting all those things. I mean, um, it, it really is a labor of love, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But um, also just that process is also, you know, creative because you have to, you have to be creative with, with how you're funding things and, and getting the word out there. And on that note, any advice to anyone who's trying to do something similar? I feel like the things I didn't know upon graduation, (laughs) um, and I hate to sound not negative, but, um, you know, in college, we reveled in the fact that we were going to be poor. Right, right. The starving artist. Yeah, we loved it. You know, I think there's also a real big pushback these days about that doesn't have to be the case. Uh You know, to call yourself a starving artist is not some dreamy thing to do anymore. Yeah, no, they'll do that, you know, but so, but the thing, the struggle is, is that, and it's real for any artist. I'm, you know, how, no matter how established this person is, Mm -hmm. I am starting to wonder if we all struggle with the same insecurities, the same doubts, the same, because you're constantly an artist in this American society. So no matter what level you are. So I think that training yourself in any kind of outside of the arts 
business, marketing, uh, grant writing, like writing skills, all those kinds of things is going to be beneficial for you. So that's the one thing that I think, you know, yeah, you might want to like be romantic about it and say, yes, I'm going to be a starving artist because I'm good enough. But it's like, you're constantly going to question that no matter how good you are. (laughs) And I think that any, any asset that you can put in your bowl of soup on the stove, you know, is going to help you. Let's take a quick break to talk about this podcast and how you can support our endeavors to showcase Pittsburgh's creators. The Pittsburgh Creators Podcast is supported by the Pittsburgh Creators Project. You can learn more at www.pittsburghcreators.org. Reach out through our website for more information about how you can sponsor an episode and keep hearing from creatives in Pittsburgh. If you know a creator we should speak to, let us know. Back to the interview. For you as a creator um, and, and as a choreographer and, and creating movement, what inspires you? I mean, I think the inspiration for me comes from a variety of places. I wouldn't say my work focuses on any one topic or theme but my approach is always research-based. And I think I really studied that at my time in Laban in London. Um, so, you know, there's a thing called practice as research, and it's all um, how you can approach things in a studio uh, while doing the necessary life research required to inform yourself And also, I mean, a lot of the times we are collaborating with outside voices. So it's a matter of um, like a lot of our, the works that SSD produces has to do with some sort of outside voice being represented through their medium, through their um, information or their approval or their process. Um, So they're heavily involved in what we do um, and that affects the choreography. So, you know, what we might be doing in a studio um, will be altered or changed or manipulated, influenced by what is um, what we're currently researching, whether it be the relationship of the organization we're working with or the actual artist, you know, and they're bringing their own dancers and their own voices into the work itself, et cetera. So I feel like that's part of how we operate. It, it sounds like, um, you know, some of your work is informed through the research aspect, but there is also a, uh, an improvisatory element to almost all of it because that's like the starting point or like the spark of it does that does that sound pretty accurate yeah time and deadlines are great for me yeah right. Right. <laughs> so yeah absolutely I think that um you know if there is something and actually I'm very busy right now with multiple projects mm-hmm. and when that happens I notice that I compartmentalize so I literally cannot even think or address something else unless this one thing that's in front of me is checked off or I I have a three and a half hour rehearsal tomorrow, I think about this choreography, you know, I can't do it at the same time. So compartmentalizing my creative energy is also very important. And I also have noticed recently that I'm a little overwhelmed with all of the creative, like everything's happening right now. It needs to be done. So I need to understand when I need to say, I need this evening off because I don't want to think creatively. You know, you right. have you can't constantly generate creative energy um, without being fed somewhere. Can you tell us about any um, of the projects you're working on now or what's happening in, in the future here? Yeah, I am super excited. So 
the next thing we have coming up is called Constructed Site, and it is expanding this year into a dance film festival. And Constructed oh, Site is a um, kind of brainchild of myself and uh, two other collaborators from Shana Simmons Dance, Jamie Aaron Murphy and Brady Sanders. And the three of us um, have been working together for a pretty long time, almost 10 years. And um, uh, Constructed Site came from COVID. So we it was 2020 and I was at a place as a leader of the organization that was just really feeling like we have to just do anything. We have to we, the funding isn't coming in. So we need to just do anything for free. You know, like who's willing, what can we do? COVID hit. So we were like, all right, let's do films. And we've never done this before. <laughs> let's go. But one thing that I think, um, Shana Simmons dance is in our productions tries to emphasize is the viewer experience. So instead of a lot of dance film festivals or just films in general, you might just watch a playlist and there's no interaction or, you know, there, it might be with a panelist conversation or whatever. But what we did was we combined the films and we each produced three, it was over a three weekend run all online. And it was a YouTube premiere situation. So we were chatting with audience as the thing was happening and we became alternate personalities and we kind of emceed the events and edited it all together so that it felt like you were experiencing a show, like a sitcom, you know, a 45 minute like sitcom where there was a beginning, a middle and an end to the story, but you had this art in between. So we did that in 2020. We did another one in 2021. This year, we're doing a dance film festival. So we are actually having an in-person live screening on March 11th. And we have received about 110 films, international film submit submissions. So uh, we've narrowed it down to about 50. <laughs> and then the opening night event is going to be an even smaller selection, also featuring works by Jamie Brady, Brady and Shayna. Uh, Constructed Site also originated with this idea of blending public works of art and dance film. So we always incorporate some sort of public work of art within that uh, film. And that's kind of the basis as well as the setting and environment for what this exists in. Um, so yeah, so that's happening on March 11th. And then the online festival portion, you can access through ticket purchase for like till March 20th. So we're just super excited. I mean, these films are really fantastic. They're, they're like amazing films. Um, and I am really excited to like bring this to a Pittsburgh audience as well as kind of like generate this dance film activity here. So yeah, it, it sounds fun. It's I mean, fun. Just the way you're speaking about it sounds like it's, 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 it's as entertaining it is as it is engaging yeah. And it's one of those things that, I mean, we've had to sift through like 110 films. You know what I mean? So like it's, it, and we had outside panelists as well from like all over the country that have helped. Um, so there's like a couple of eyes on each of the films, that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, it is because you can, it, it's one of those things that it's like, why not dedicate 30 minutes instead of like watching one Netflix show to just watch 30 minutes. It's only a week. You know what I mean? It's 10 days that you have access to this, this kind of cinematography. And it's like, just, you know, pick and choose. It's up to you. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing. And I didn't get bored necessarily, you know, watching right. the films. It was, it's interesting to see so many different perspectives from all over the world and what people are doing. How can we follow? How can we keep, uh, keep up with you? I mean, it sounds like you're doing so much. Uh, <laughs> obviously I'm sure the socials. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So everything's Shana Simmons dance. It's S H A N A S I M M O N S dance. Um, so that's Instagram is all one word, my Facebook, you know, just type in Shana Simmons dance. That's the, the website is Shana Simmons dance.com. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, you can hook up with all of us, like the collaborators are all on there and, you know, we work with about four to six dancers right now that are really stellar individuals. Um, so yeah, I mean, like come support, follow, like, like call us, <laughs> we just want to connect and, you know, send, start send a letter. Right yeah. Down. Handwritten <laughs> di- letter is always impressive. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with us. It's a pleasure to uh, have you on and hear about your experiences and, and you know, give us some insight. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for providing this opportunity to share. That's really a lot of what artists need right now. The Pittsburgh Creators Podcast is supported by the Pittsburgh Creators Project. You can learn more at www.pittsburghcreators.org. If you know a creator we should speak to, let us know by reaching out to us through our website. The podcast is produced and theme composed by Robert Tra. Special thanks to Greta Zewi and Jesse Noss of Red Cayman Studios here in Pittsburgh for their post-production work. I'm Alan Fear. We'll see you next time.